What's up? What's up? Welcome to the VC Show presented by Caesar Sportsbook on Omaha Audio. I'm Vince Carter, joined by Roz Godon Woody. Roz, thanks again for joining me. And guess what? We are official. We are live. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Episode one is here. Um, first of all, thank you <laughs> for having me <laughs> as your teammate on this show. Literally see that Vince Carter number on my phone and I'm like, what? So yeah, yes, I'm really yes, excited. <laughs> By the way, I just, I want to make sure um, to everybody watching and also Vince to you, I hope you had a really nice Father's Day. Absolutely. How, what, Father's Day was what you do? interesting. Uh, I mean, I do what I do best. <laughs> uh, you know, I have a love for golf as most people know. If you don't, you know now. Uh, so I got up early, got about 745, beat, beat the sun, played a round of golf, shot in the low, I shot an 80, so I, I played okay. And then uh, I was in the gym, you know, when you have kids and they grow up and become athletes, it's either on, on, on a field somewhere or in a gym. So it's volleyball right now. It's volleyball season, finishing up nationals. We're winning so far. Everything went well. You know, Father's Day was good. Are you like a heckling dad or are you a cool, calm sports dad? Um... I'm I'm an emotional. I'm up and down. I'm up oh, and down no. because it just depends. It just <laughs> depends. Like it depends on what's going on. So uh, sometimes at my kid, sometimes at the ref, just situational. Uh, uh, to you know, <laughs> typically I, I'm I'm a motivator. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm always mm -hmm. in coach mode. Like you know, dad, but coach mode. But it's not always at her or at the kids. It's always like the team motivating the team. Mm -hmm. So. You know, that's just me. I've been, you know, I've been a vet for a long time where it's just, you know, trying to motivate our team. So it's just, it comes organic. No, that's beautiful. I was just laughing, thinking about the poor ref or the poor coach getting a few <laughs> words from Vince Carter. Every, like what every that, now and what then. talk is like. Every but, now and then um, I'll stand up and be like, yo, ref, what's good? That's, that was in. <laughs> We're not having it, Vince. Sit down. Yeah. No, yeah. Once, that's happened once. It's happened once. I'm really glad to hear the kids are winning and, and doing well. The team is doing well. Happy Father's Day to you and to every all the fathers watching. Um, speaking of some winning, I think that's a perfect segue into the latest winners out of the NBA. We got to kick off the show by showing love to the Warriors, who uh, Golden State just won their fourth title in eight years. And honestly, what a team. It's like every single player on this team has an intriguing story, dramatic even. Steph finally gets his finals MVP. Clay literally returns in movie fashion from two years off to a championship. Draymond Green came up big in game six and then absolutely did record his podcast. Uh, Andrew, Wiggins, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins found his fit. A pool caught on and had a pool party. Uh, Kerr mm. gets his... Gets his ninth ring. Ninth. And then on the other side, just want to make sure to give a little respect and love to the Celtics. Um, they, it was a huge deal for this organization to finally get over the hump of the Eastern Conference Finals. That young core continues to mature, and a new head coach in Ime Udoka leads this team to the NBA Finals. I hope to see much more of them. And as we um, think about this, and I want to start, Vince, just like thinking about the Warriors um first of all well ross wait 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 ross real fast i want to i want to I want, since you i want to get this out of the way since you show you we were showing love to boston i want to do the same and i and i, and I like that and appreciate that because they're going to be scary with mm. the talent and and how well they played in in this final yeah they were up and down and you know everybody's like oh man sometimes tatum didn't show up and turnovers but the experience that they had 
already at this young age, just think what next year is going to, you know, going to look like for them and the experience, the mm-hmm. championship, the finals experience they're going to have. They're going to, I mean, they deserve all the love because I, I, I mean, they had literally, regardless of how it looked, it, there are people like I picked everybody. Most people pick seven games because you really wasn't sure how it was going to go. I mean, obviously after game five, you know, personally, I had a better, a, a better feel of who could pull it off, but man, Boston, shout out to you guys, man. The Celtics were great. Who did you pick to win this? Just gonna put you on the spot. I pick. I, I, I pick Golden State. I pick Golden okay, State. Okay, just okay. No, but for sure, all the respect to um, the Celtics. Futures bright for them. Actually, speaking of futures, what do you think about the Warriors' futures? How much longer can this go on, including next season? And the, the thing about what's scary on their side is that they have so so many young guys. And 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 you still have Steph. You still you still have Clay. Clay's gonna be better next year. Steph's is, you know, going to be Steph, Draymond. Always, I think those guys will, will continue to be motivated to win championships. I mean, you hear what Draymond said. I mean, I mean, he, mm-hmm. they're just, you know, they just made it like, I mean, this is what we do. Like, if you're going to win a championship, you have to go through us. So they feel very good about what they have in their locker room. Now let's talk about the young guys. I mean, Gary Payton, uh, Wiggins, obviously Poole, and then Moses Moody got some, some experience. You still have Kaminga. Uh, who am I missing? Big fella. Uh, you got Wiseman coming back. Wiseman coming back, and I mean, he'll probably be the 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 the, uh, the young guys the most inexperienced, but following suit because he's been in the offense and he understands what to do, and he's going to be just another extension of what Kevon Looney brought to this mm. team. I mean, golly, man, like nobody really talks about what he brings to the team because we talk about everyone else. He's the unsung hero to all of this because of his rebounding, his ability to guard guards. I mean, some of the best guards. I mean, what he did with Luka on switches, what he did with Tatum or Brown or Smart, just being solid. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, they're seeking out uh, Looney because it was a mismatch. He was playing great defense. I mean, that that's all coming back, plus whoever they draft, and they're just going to continue to get better. As Steph, Clay, Draymond, you know, I mean, we talk about Iggy, but as they get older, they have yeah. a young core of guys with, finals experience and have played not just sit up set around they played a little bit so they, that's, that's that's a scary look for them are you saying they could win this championship next year are you saying they could be like another I, three in a row like will they be in the finals I, two years in a row three I, years in a row i think they're very capable i mean you know, you know anything can happen because a lot of teams are going to reload dallas is going to be better uh yeah. you know denver is going to denver is going to be better uh, the Clippers are going to be better. We, we, you know, I, I, you know, every, we talk about the Lakers. You hear the Lakers all the time. The Lakers are going to be better. So you never know. But they're going to be right there in the mix of, of what's going on and having a chance to, to, to do it again. Yeah, and, you know, I'm looking at players like Klay Thompson, who was, you know, had spurts of rhythm and then spurts of completely kind of looking like someone who missed two years. But, mm-hmm. you know, it look, I, I feel like – at, during the finals, and I was there between Boston and the Bay going back and forth covering it, he had spurts of fantastic one-on-one individual defensive moments. Um, yes. And then we know how he moves without the ball. The Warriors have someone else who have, has shown that as well. Andrew Wiggins absolutely had wonderful <laughs> moments great. of one-on-one defense and showed he improved as a mover without the ball too, on top of his ability to create his own shot. What do you think about the steps forward for those two players next season? Well, I'm, I'm going to start with Wig because, you know, you, yeah. you look at when he got there, Stephen Clay went there, they played through him. So he was kind of the, the go-to guy. 
getting acclimated to the the, the Golden State way, and then having a great start of the year, All Star, and then Clay Thompson comes in, takes his touches. All of a sudden, we're like, "What happened to him? Where did he go?" He's trying to figure it out. And kudos to him and the and, and Steve Kerr and the organization of figuring it out because he was one of the, he was the backbone. He was the most important piece to this puzzle because of his defense and what he can actually do offensively. And you know, when you have a guy with his athleticism, his ability to score as your third or fourth option, if you would, he he was obviously once he got to the finals, he was the second option because he was playing. The, you know, the second, I think he was one of the most consistent players on the team um, and the second best player throughout. I mean, that is a luxury to say the Golden State Warriors have, you know, Steph, Clay, even Jordan Poole, who had a great year, but Andrew Wiggins was like their fourth option and was un- unreal. So I-, I think that the sky's the limit for them because as, you know, the older guys, you, you their minutes diminish. You have Jordan Poole. You have Moses mm-hmm. Moody, who, who's playing. You have Gary Payton, these guys who are uh, defenders. Moses Moody's capable, uh, obviously, offensively a defender. You have Kaminga, who's going to get better, who can play a two-way player. So you have guys to plug and play with the stars and vets that they already have. Yeah, and I had the chance to interview uh, Andrew and then even talk to him, I think, like, heading into game six. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, we were just talking about how he handles now ex- expectations, those of his own and others. And then I said, do you, uh, do you feel, first of all, are you, is this the happiest you've been playing basketball? And he was like, well, yeah, winning is, is a happy thing. And then I was like, do you feel like you're finally like realizing your potential and that you're, you're reaching it? And he, I, Vince, he looked me in the eye and said, you know, I feel that I have so much more to give. So I, I'm personally thinking what we're going to see from Wiggins can be even bigger than this. But I want to get to the main guy in, in Stephen Curry, who you know very well. And at mm. the end of the game, when they closed it out in game six, Steph fell to the floor crying. What, what does that mean for a player that they're like almost in joy slash I can't from from Steph. It almost seemed like it came from a place of relief. It felt like also hurt it felt like weight burden like weight, what is yep. that like for y'all to be I, in that I, 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 <laughs> i'm gonna tell you i was so happy for him and uh i wanted him to say it i wanted him to actually say it when they asked you know why the emotions i think we all knew he wanted to prove to the world that he is a capable leader and MV finals mvp and he can accomplish that and that was his mission that was his goal you can tell how he would he was coming out in the finals to show like, oh, no, this is, you know, y'all forgot regular season and playoff step is for real. Well, so is the finals plus Steph Curry for real. And I think he wanted and he was on a mission. Uh, he was a man on a mission. Uh, he had the bad, bad game. And I think that's why I felt because I originally said Golden State in seven. But mm. I, it, after game five, I said I thought they're going to close it out because of his bad game. And because of what he wanted to accomplish and then hearing how Steve Kerr and Iggy and the, it basically locked the rock, the organization, but the locker room wanted to win it for Steph. They wanted to win it for Steph because I think they all understood all, all of what's been said, you know, 15, he didn't win it. KD won two. Is he capable of putting the team on his back and, and, and winning a championship and becoming the finals MVP? And like, and, and let's, let's be clear. If he didn't, 
his, his, his legacy is cemented. We, we understand that. But I'm happy because he's showing that he is capable of this. He is capable of this, you know. And it was just great to see. And I think it all came out because he, he was able to set a goal to prove us. And we know Steph. Steph is a humble superstar. But we as humble players, sometimes we still have that thing that drives us. We have that motivation, that goal. We, oh, I'm going to show you, but they just do it in a different way. He doesn't have to verbalize. It. He just goes out there. And he did it with his play. And I think it all came out because he's like, now what you got to say? And you heard him in the locker room later. What are they going to say now? Like, that's, that just told me, like, I'm like, say it, Steph. I, I, I'm the finals MVP. Now what? Now what? What, you know, what else do you have to say? So I want to ask you real fast. You were there. What was the vibe like? In, mm-hmm. in in the arena and in the locker room, uh, you know, after the game. Well, I mean, leading up to it, but mm-hmm. but after the game, what what, did, what was the vibe like? I mean, I know what it was like watching on TV because I was sitting back like, yeah, <laughs> bravo, bravo. And you could just see the joy from the players that they won, but they all, it was understood. We, we didn't need to wait for a vote to, to say Steph was MVP. It was understood. But what was the vibe, you know, in your opinion? It's interesting because I've been there for a lot of the Warriors' current uh, era championships. You know, like in in 15, it was their kind of first year with Kerr. It was actually unex- unexpected at the top of the season that the Warriors would win it. So, like, I remember each round that they adva- advanced, they had T-shirts made for, like, division champs and, like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, advancing past the second round. I think they, like, poured water, and it was so cute. Everybody was so happy. Like, nobody was a super mega celebrity yet. Like, right, it was right, right. Um, very – the word I would use is, like, very joyful, sweet, mm-hmm. new. Then um, the 16-year was, like, traveling with the Beatles. That was the 73-9 and yeah. nine year. And it was right. like, literally, your favorite celebrity was waiting outside the locker room to, like, meet Stephen Curry. Like, things were starting to change. Like, players were, you know, on Ellen's show. Like, Barack Obama was calling them. Like, right. this was the elevation into, like, okay, people are becoming superstars. Then, obviously, they lost that year. So, what I remember at the end of those finals, as and I was the Warriors sideline reporter then, for those who don't mm-hmm. know. Um, mm-hmm. Terrible devastation. Like, the more than other finals that that I've now seen um, because of the, the, how big the team was, I feel like it, I remember each game where the Warriors could have closed it out against that cast because they were Mm -hmm. up 3-1. I remember like there were different, not the Warriors, but different groups like in the Bay area trying to set up the celebrations and they kept having to redo the party or redo like the dinner, you know, like, and I remember I was trying to, I was trying to, as the Warriors sideline reporter, I had like a yellow or a blue dress and I kept having to buy a new one because they wouldn't close it out. And uh, so it was great devastation. Like people really hurt for weeks, I think, in the city. Then the 17th season, KD came and a lot of people, you know, there was all sorts of talk about it, but it was still really, it it was a different type of feeling because it was expectations. Like in the sense that they expected to get to the finals. So from the KD years, I feel like it wasn't the same. It was happy and joyful, but it wasn't the same level of, um, I'll just use the word sweetness to it because you'd hear Kerr saying things like, we got to hold on to our joy or, you know, because mm-hmm. the guys knew that what the goal was, was just to get through the season for the finals. So now now they've had, de- you know, devastating injuries. They've been out of it. And there's been a lot of people, as they would say, kicking them while they were down you know, casting question on legacies. 
So how would I describe this championship? I would say two words. There was a mix of gratitude and it was, it was weird. It was also humility. Like it was a, almost a gratitude. There was humility and understanding how hard it was to get back there, how unlikely it was, um, yeah. you know, to do this. And so I feel like I spoke to family members who was pouring out of that. I will say, I agree with you. Steph was a combination of relief um, in my, in my interpretation of, of, I've never seen Steph so emotional. I, he's mostly very even right. keel. Mm-hmm. So to see him fall to the floor and cry, actually really like I showed his mother didn't see it. And I was talking with um, Mrs. Curry and Mama Curry. And I, I said, did you see Steph? Cause she was too close to the court. She didn't see his reaction. And I showed her the video of it going viral on, on Twitter. And she started to, she started to tear up because to, you know, to see that her son was outpouring of right. such emotion. And I do think mm-hmm. Steph to your point was like arrogant, like what they gonna say now? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll point out just like one more thing that was weird too. Um, the I was back there in the Warriors locker room where they were celebrating and I was um, outside doing, you know, interviews or seeing family and this and that. It was a very odd setup. The whole place smelled like champagne. It was slippery because of COVID only players got to go into the locker room and select media. It's not like in the past. And right. family members also were out in the hallways, lining the hallways. So it was like celebration and all that. But some weird setup, the Celtics had to walk through the hallway of the no. families and the Warriors celebrating. So you'd literally see like Jason Tatum had to walk through and part the families and the celebration, walk past the locker room. His feet are walking through champagne. The champagne. And Jalen Brown as well, Ima Udoko as well. And I was like, damn, that's something they're never going to forget. Yeah. <laughs> and that's motivating. I mean, just think, you, know, you can think of, like, you can think of championships in, like in football. Uh, I remember in the Final Four, um, the, my sophomore year, when we lost to Kentucky, we were winning and ended up losing the second half. And I sat out there watching them celebrate obviously going to the to the championship game. What does that do to you? Want to forget that. It was motivating. It was motivating and and I remember saying we're going back. We're going to go back. We're getting back there. And we did get back the next year. And we lost again in the in the, the semifinals round. But it was just motivating to kind of see that, you know, to see uh, especially when we had the game in hand. And we were under and we ended up losing. So I can I can imagine for you know not all, I mean to lose to, the, the, at, home. at home and and you're walking by you know, and talking about Boston and you're walking by it was and you're so weird. in your building. It's just like, yeah, I can, I can, I, I, that just, you know, knowing that now I can imagine that is motivation for them going in, into next season. Who set that up? I was like, right. Who, who didn't think to set, make them walk the other direction? Like it made no yeah. sense. This narrow hallway of Warriors supporters and celebration, and like the guys had to walk. It was very awkward. As I'm thinking about Boston's locker room, it's that's the way it's set up. Like that's how you leave. If you yeah. think about, it, that's the only, like that's really the way. I mean, I guess there's another way You're because right. they, they can go around on the court. You're but right. Can you guys don't really want to go. To, that's where right. All that's what I'm ends. saying. They damn sure don't want to go on the court because post game, for those who don't yes, know, that's where all the media interviews are. Right. You definitely don't want to right. be behind scene walking through on Sports Center 
while like Steph's doing yes, an interview right. with somebody. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Live, you can see that walk around. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's just the way it's set up. I mean, I guess there's the there's the the actual main door of the locker room. They have like a little side door. I would have at least put guys off the side where you can't see the lock. It's I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Now that I think or, about it. Or maybe there's someone higher up that's like, let them feel that. Let them walk through that. <laughs> and, and have to see. No, I'll play it. I'll play it. I'll play it. I mean, it, it could be. <laughs> I did see Jason Tatum. And, you know, he's going to get for the, this sucks now, for the rest of the summer and the off season, there's going to be all these conversations about what he did and did not do. And he had a mixed finals. First of all, like, how would you evaluate it? And then, like, how does he bounce back? Is it that big of a deal? How do I evaluate it? And how does he bounce back? Um, I, I thought his he had a great playoffs. And it's just the learning experience. I mean, he's been through all the rounds up into the, uh, you know, the semifinals. But first time in the finals. So just understanding what that entails and the emotions and the energy and how much it takes to be the star to 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 lead, you know, to 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 the promised land. So I, I just think he he just he has to go through it. And I saw um, a, a graphic that you know that talked about LeBron's first time wasn't great, KD's first time wasn't great, mm. and look what they became. You know, they they got there in the finals and they just had they didn't have a great showings and became dominant champions, you know, and MVP. So, you know, if if he's going to follow that trend, he's going to be okay. <laughs> and right. I think Jalen Brown, you know, and, and I think Jalen Brown, uh, it, it will be right there. And I'm going to say this, and I, I know it's talked about a lot. I remember earlier in the season, people talked about uh, separating Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I was just like, why? Why? Mm, right? You know? I mean, I could see if it was oil and water where they did not get along, but I, I mean, they genuinely get get along and, and they figured it out, whatever, whoever, however it was done or said, they figured it out. And I, I think they have a hell of a tandem going forward. And I don't know how you feel about this or people listening, watching. I thought if Boston were to win this final, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown would be the MVP. Wow. Hands down. Why? I mean, okay. he was their most consistent <laughs> player because think yeah. about this, like, yeah. you know, outside of what game five, he didn't have a great game. Regardless, like he was their most consistent player. Yeah. You know, every, every, after every loss, we were talking about, oh, Jalen, sorry, we were talking about Jason Tatum is going to bounce back to give them the boost they need. But we didn't have to say that about Jalen Brown because he was doing what he needed to do to give the Celtics a chance. So I thought, you know, and maybe he doesn't win it because of, you know, kind of a, you know, a situation where Jason Tatum's their star player. And if he played decent, I had a decent, you know, closeout game possibly. But at the same time, you couldn't deny what Jalen Brown was doing for the Boston Celtics. I mean, he was just after, at the, at, you know, well, most of the series, he was their go-to guy. He was the guy that started things off for him. He was their most aggressive mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that says a lot about what he did and, and, and who he is as a player. You've been in a situation like one guy on the Celtics, just kind of being more of a veteran now on a team. 
um, that you're trying to help young, a young team compete or get to that next level. And I'm thinking about Al Horford. You've played against him. You know him for many years in the league. Just what did you make of the overall effort he put out there and where he's at in his career as he steps into next season? Well, he's still a young fella, man. He's still a young fella. <laughs> no, but, uh, not, <laughs> but no, for sure, Ross. It was great to see because I think a lot of people wrote him off that, you know, he, that's it. He doesn't have it anymore. And, you know, he, he found new life in, in Boston uh, in, in his second, his second stint. And mm-hmm. I thought he was great. I, I thought at times he outplayed Draymond and, mm. you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's an asset to the team. He was his ability to stretch the floor and his willingness to play the five, because I thought, they were at their best when he played the five because of his ability to shoot and it opened the floor up, particularly when Robert Williams was injured and kind of beat up a little bit. And he bounced. Robert Williams is great. Let me yeah. say that first. His we'll future get to him, but <laughs> Oh, like, like a diamond, like, like that. He is a, he's a, he's an asset to them. But I thought when they played smaller Al at the five, Open the floor up now. Draymond couldn't help the one game that they lost when, um, because they 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 put Draymond in positions. He you know he they understand when they're in trouble. They they Golden State knows Draymond's gonna be there to save the day. Boston took advantage of that by ha- having Al out there shooting shooting threes, knocking down shots, blah blah blah. So uh, I, I I'm I hope they keep. I'm I, I'm sure they will because I think he's a great piece to the puzzle. He's a calming. Uh, source and outlet for their those guys i think they listen to him respect him which they all said when he had that crazy mm-hmm. game one um and and, and you know i i want to move on to robert williams because i'm sitting here like okay he, what robert yeah. williams did on a, a, a half a leg was yeah. insane his ability to block shots man run the floor and he's only going to get better because like i said you know just think when he gets a little more offense. I mean, and they don't really need him to be to have more offense, but it's an asset to have because you could throw it to him and you know put bigs and in, in, in get him in foul trouble. But man, golly, Robert Williams, you did your he thing, bro. Amazing, and, and he was everywhere. I can't he wait was. to see him when he's when he's fully healthy. You know, one name you yeah. mentioned was Dray- Draymond's, and there were all sorts of interesting topics that come up throughout this finals and playoffs run when it came to Draymond Green. Um, And, you know, first of all, how would you, Vince, evaluate Draymond's finals? And and I'll start first. When it mattered most in game six, he showed up. He had a don. I think he had a really, he really did his thing in game two as far as getting in the heads of the Celtics. And I think that's a skill in itself. Then I thought he had some nice moments, better moments in, in game five and at the end of game four. But when it mattered, he showed up in game six. Uh, how would you evaluate it? Because literally, when you talk about Draymond Green, either people love him or they hate him. It's like strong mm-hmm. feelings. <laughs> and and the one thing about it, yes, he, I think he was up and down and consistent. And it, it's safe to say that because he admitted that he was out front with that. Uh, I think he got caught up into the petty game, the back and forth game with either players or fans a little too much and kind of got off course a little bit and, and lost his focus. And I think that's when people started to go to, oh, you're doing the podcast and this, you maybe shouldn't do the podcast. But like he said, I was doing the podcast all season and it wasn't a problem before. So I, I don't think that I just thought 
sometimes he got caught into that and caught, caught into getting into it with the fans. Yes, they were rude or whatever, but you know how to shut them up. You go do right. your job and go get a win. You know what I'm saying? But when it was Let- time to focus, like you said, Roz, like he locked in and he understood because he's been there before. Yeah. So he understood the dynamic. It wasn't the game wasn't too big for him. Like he's like, I'm good. Like I'm still gonna be me and do what I think. This is I'm I, yeah, y'all forgot. He's been here three times. Facts. <laughs> and, well, more than that, but he's been here on the on the mountaintop three times. So he understood. And I think it's unfair. And you know, when we look at stats on players, we look at Draymond's stats, we're like, bro, what did he do? But his impact when he's aggressive means so much to the team. And I mean that on both ends, like re- aggressive defensively, but offensively, Draymond just looking at the rim, attacking the rim, whether he makes them or not, Draymond, when he gets the rebound and he starts to break, it opens up so many more things for them as opposed to when he's just getting the rebound and he never even looks at the the basket and they started playing a half a man on him. So now yeah. Steph is seeing a, a, a guy and a half or Clay is seeing a guy and a half when he's coming off. But when he started, when the dribble handoff keeps to the dunk, Rebound, take it off, go attack the rim. Shoot the three, whether you're going to make it or not. Shoot it with confidence, see what happens. You have to respect that after a while because he's like, he might make one. And as he hit that corner three, the defense started to soften up and soften up and everything. The world was their oyster. Yep. So I, when he hit that three, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> Draymond it's over with. three the whole finals until then. So it was I was just like, crazy. oh, man. But to come back to the podcast critique, which you brought up, big deal or no big deal? My last two years in Atlanta, I, I was doing I was doing a podcast as well. So yes, I mean it's just if you can handle that, and obviously he's been doing it a while, and he can handle it. I mean it's 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 like, you know, <laughs> he after the game after games, his nightlife is a podcast talking about the game, as opposed to going to a nightclub. You know, he's doing something. He's doing something with his time. It has nothing to do with his game, Mm -hmm. really. I mean, because, you know, people are going to say, oh, like, oh, Draymond, shut up and go work on your game. Like, at at night, like, at three, like, I don't know. So (laughs) we hear it all the time. It's like, oh, instead of doing the podcast, he should be working on his game. Like, you know, that's the common thing we hear. Yeah. (laughs) 3 a.m., sir. What, what are you doing at 3 a.m.? Like, you know, so I, I understand it. But I, I thought, I mean, it's just, that's what he does. Like, he's a, he's still right. a part of the media. He gives great content. I mean, he gives you, he gives inside, you know, looks of what players think, you know. And I think that's why people enjoy him. And like you said, you either love him or you hate him. And yeah. it is what it is. And and he told, he told it like it was. He said, whether you like me or not, whether you like the fact that I do the podcast, I'm still going to do the podcast. I'm still going to play. <laughs> and it was all—it was a problem when he didn't play well. But I—I I, I th- right. I thought the podcast had nothing to do with his play, more so than him getting caught up into individual battles with coaches, players, or fans. That yeah. was kind of the distraction, in my opinion. Yeah, and I get that. If you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. And when, especially when the stakes are so high, the thing about Draymond is. Is first of all, he's very smart. He's seven steps ahead of you. Like you talking about, oh, Draymond, are you giving locker room material? Are you motivating the other team? Yes, potentially. And he hopes to have you talking because he's the king of marketing and he's sending you right back to his podcast and he's saying, Hey, new media, 
this is what it is. And he's just not afraid. Like in, in areas that make the more average human person uncomfortable socially, where you might think, man, do I sound a little conceited here? Or man, am I being a little rude? Like Draymond's just fine there. He's not going to hold back if it's his truth. And that's why I think you, I would rather, if I was somebody, I wouldn't want to engage with that guy because this is his playground. All of this mess talking and, and hyping it up. And, and that guy tried it. Draymond. <laughs> right. That guy tried it. Like, I mean, he asked his question about, are you giving intel? And he fired back. What was my intel? What did I tell? Yeah. That we need he to guard to the three-point line? Yeah, he no, for sure. Like, for sure. Like, let's, let's, let's take it to what's happening now then because basically he's giving – I know the Grizzlies can't wait to see the Warriors. These young guns, they're going back and forth now. The newest thing is the Warriors and the Grizzlies, and it's coming from a lot of different ways. If you haven't caught up, I'll just give a quick recap. What Clay said, I felt, had some truth to it. Would love to know your thoughts. Like, he was like, I'm paraphrasing, but basically it's a lot of young young people that never been there before talking, talking spicy, and we've done this. And not only have they done it, they've done it multiple times. And literally y'all are talking straight off of a championship run that the Warriors just won, and they went through your team to get to this chip, like, maybe this is a moment to just sit down. What do you think, <laughs> I mean, like, it just, it's, I mean, the, 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 the young culture now, man, they don't back down. I mean, we, we, we've seen it with the Black Lives Matter and just, just being up front of just different situations in, in the world today, just, you know, regardless, it's just not going to back down. And I, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. It's like, you know, they they sent you guys home to go on and then and then won it. So, you know, it's not much you can really say to the champs right now. Like, <laughs> what can you say? So, and and I, and I think I understand. I I got an idea of where these you know the Grizzlies are coming from. They're just letting them know. That's just what they they do. I mean, you can see that all year. Like, we're not afraid of you. We're not going to back down. And I think that's the pushback. From Ja and Jaron and, and and Dylan Brooks and uh-huh. <laughs> the, the 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 laundry list of guys over there, it's like that. We're not, you know, we're not gonna back down. Back down because this all started from Iggy originally. Oh yeah, and then Dylan, <laughs> yeah, you know, Dylan having something to say. So it's already been that. So when that matchup happened, they couldn't wait because you knew, you already know. Just imagine if it was on the other side and Memphis beat Golden State. They're going at Iggy like hard hard in the paint so it was um it i mean it's it's making for interesting uh uh obviously social media and it's going to make for interesting tv because you know one thing that these guys did do they did the nba's <laughs> job they just prom- they just promoted a big game and made like it's like <laughs> right. setting a fight like you want to see two of the best fighters fight well guess what they're they're letting you they, now people are like ooh, i can't wait christmas day yes I want to see that. And that might end up being the highest rated game because of this Twitter beef or fun or whatever it may be. I mean, it's just, you know, this is just guys who won't go back down, very prideful. And guess what? Support their players. Uh-huh. They're, they're, they're supporting their players in the open. And you got to appreciate that. Yeah, no, I definitely like I'll be pulling up with popcorn. I can't wait to watch it. I think the Warriors are going to get better next year as long as they're healthy. But I also think that Grizzlies team is one you don't want to see. And I think they got a lot of bark, but a lot of bark, but the bite backs it up. I think they are that real that real deal. I think it was a little soon for them to be doing all that uh, talking. But you know what I'm thinking? 
what happened? Maybe hopefully we hopefully we get that game. Me and you come on. What you said? What you said? Let's I'm so since hey, well since since they you know since they promoting the game, somebody got to talk about it. Somebody got to <laughs> sell it. So you we might as well throw it out there now too before everybody else get on top of that. Yeah, pause. You know. Pow! It's claimed. There it is. <laughs> um. All right, I guess we're gonna take a quick break right now. Um, we'll be right back. Presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. Download and get started with a risk-free bet of up to $15. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older. The 2022 NBA draft is on ESPN this Thursday, man. It's just like the season goes from one thing to the next. You don't even get to sit down. It was just the finals. Um, but Vince, do you do you have any draft day advice for any of these young up and coming? Young fellas. Well, I'm gonna go back to draft day memories first. Like, let's. I mean, I, I, as you were talking about that draft coming up, I just you go down memory lane and you think of the you think of the build up getting to that day and just the stress of going through going to every workout and everybody's different and looking for something different and you're always wondering because you, you know you it's just like that that first interview. You want to be perfect. You want to do everything right. You want to make every shot. When you miss a shot, you look. You kind of look over your shoulders like, dang, did they shake your head? Because I didn't, I can actually make this shot. And you want to go prove it. And so you just do your thing. You know, it's just a lot of that. And once I, I kind of went through a couple of them and got good feedback, especially I could, my, my Sacramento workout, like I was I was getting busy and doing my thing. Um, but it and, and, and I'm going backwards because the workout before that, I was, I want to say Dallas, I was shooting and, and just shooting shots. So they were looking for potential. Like they could see if you could shoot the ball or not. And they were like, you, I thought we thought you had a great workout. I was like, what? I didn't make a shot. Felt like you know, and yeah, but it was just the confidence they gave me, which was took sent me right over to Sacramento. And the guy who was over there in front of me, boy, I feel sorry for your loss. Like it was, it was, it was bad, you know. So, and it just you're just building up, and you and then once it's all over, it's now now it's just like you, speculation. Like I and I and I mentioned social media because now kids can just click on and you know, sports talk radio, uh, you know, just baller alert, ball is life. All of these different things are talking about draft and who can possibly go there. So go where, and I just, you know, that would have driven me crazy. Now just knowing like, you know, you can read every day. You talk about trades, you see trades, and then you talk about draft picks and this guy can go here. Like, oh my gosh. And you talk to agents, is this getting true? Did you hear about this? And <sighs> so it's just a lot of guys. So now I, I just tell like, being in the social media area error is just do your job, man. Do what you're supposed to do. Stay clean. Keep working on your game, um, and 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 go from there. And and in draft day, let me tell you something. For all the the things I just said about being nervous and not uh, uh, uncertainties and not knowing where you're gonna go, that night before you're sitting there, I, I just remember laying in the bed like, man. Did I really have a good workout with there? Did they call my agent? <laughs> well, if they didn't call, does that mean, you know, and you're thinking of all of the little things that, that you hang on every word that every, you know, GM or, or president or owner for that matter, or coach said to you, it's like, man, what did they like me? How mm-hmm. did they, you know, you think of all of these things and then, you know, you can't sleep and you look at that suit and like, man, I'm gonna kill him, but man, where am I going? And then that morning, it's so it's just like that morning, it's just like nerves. And when you finally get there and, sitting in the green room and you just try to take your, your mind off it. Cause family, agent, friends, mm-hmm. you're getting 
you know, obviously now I tweet. So I just say people, you live in a moment and you enjoy it. Cause like, I, I remember almost like it was yesterday, almost like it was yesterday. We're talking about 20, you know, plus, <laughs> plus years ago, but I mean, I just remember the nerves, the excitement, you know, sitting next to Antoine, my college teammate. We had three great years in college and then going through this process together, then being traded for each other, uh, mm -hmm. living in the moment. And I just tell everybody just to live in the moment. And I know times are different than 1998, but, uh, you know, it's still an opportunity that, that can never be taken from you, regardless of how your career pans out. Like you're a draft pick and you're forever, you know, etched in your position in draft history with some of the greats. I mean, you know, you could go back and look at some of the you know, great guys who were drafted in my position. I mean, I can't remember. I, I just know Trey. Trey and I have had a lot of conversations about being the fifth pick and, you know, what it meant to me, what it meant to him. And he was traded draft day. Uh, so it was just cool. It was a cool moment. And I was introduced to the business of basketball immediately. Immediately. I was a Golden State Warrior for all of 10 minutes, maybe maybe 15 minutes, half an hour, if you, you know, I don't know. It just all seemed like it happened that fast. And, you know, I remember shaking, rest in peace, David Stern's hand. And he's like, congratulations. This is, you know, excited to see you play. I've seen you play in college. Like, oh man, David Stern's, you know, knows. And then he said, hey, just wait right here real quick. It's about, I'm about I have to do an announcement. It's about to be a trade. Mm. So I'm like, dang, somebody getting traded already. Mind you, this is the fifth ah. pick. So it's only been five picks that has <laughs> happened. You know, it was Ola Candy, Bibby, Ray LaFrance, Antoine Jameson, and then and and I, then then me, I was picked at five. And so I'm just like, man, somebody's getting traded already, or it's gonna be a trade. Dang. And then when he's like, there's been a trade. The the Toronto Raptors have traded the rights to Vince Carter, to you know, to the I mean to, for for Vince Carter and send Antoine Jameson. I was like, wait, what? So let's back up. As I'm walking up on the stage, Antoine Jameson is standing to the right of the stage. And he's whispering, he's trying to tell me, you know, what's what. So all of these things you go through, and I couldn't hear because my heartbeat was beating. So mm -hmm. I, was, I was just so excited about the moment. And you think about shaking David Stern's hand and looking and smiling and all of these things you see year in, year out. Now you're in that moment. It's like surreal. And then you're traded right there. And it's like, okay, all right, here's this hat. We take the pictures and you go, you move on. And it's just like, all right. And then now I was thinking back, man, my workout in Toronto, Okay, my workout in Golden State must not have been that good. And I actually <laughs> had a good workout in Golden State. So it's just all of these things. So I just, like I say, I live in the moment because of the times like this. We're sitting here talking about 24, five years or whatever it was later. And I remember it like it was yesterday. You know, I remember mm -hmm. being relieved. Like I just finished playing a basketball game at dinner with my family and friends. I was just sitting there. I remember sitting in the restaurant, like just like just looking at the like, I can't believe, like it's, it's real. I'm a professional <laughs> player. I, I, I'm a part of the National Basketball Association. Like you call me Vince Carter. Vince Carter's in the NBA. Like it was just, it was just crazy. <laughs> you ever think about what could have been after the trade, or or it, was it a moment of disappointment? Was or is it this is as it was supposed to be? I was confused because the reason I was confused because Antoine never worked out for the Raptors. Mm. So it was. I was like, wait. Wait, what? Because And I remember going back, little things that were said. The coach told me, he came to a workout uh, at Chapel Hill, and he said, hey, son, you might as well come work out for the Toronto Raptors because if you're available, I'm going to draft you. Period. Just want you to know, be prepared. All right, so I go and work out for him. 
and I had the you know the workout. It's well documented. You know, my my flight was delayed. My my original hotel room got canceled. I got a new room. My um, room service was two hours late. Uh, finally got some sleep. Woke up. The the ball kid forgot to bring my uniform because they lost my bags when I was delayed. So it was a miserable workout as far as just getting onto the court and getting started. And then once I finally, they said I had a great workout. I just didn't feel there again, missing shots. I'm just thinking they're like, yo, you had one of the best workouts. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever you said. So <laughs> I, I, I don't think about, I mean, you, it, it creeps in your mind. You're like, is this the right thing? Like, you know, I, 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 I didn't know. And then lo and behold, while I was, while they called my name and I'm walking up, all of this stuff had already happened. Golden State was working on a trade to keep Twan from going to Dallas and all this, which I find out later on. But it was like, all right, the business of basketball, this is weird. I don't ask questions, you know. It's just what was supposed to happen. And I got to Toronto. The people were great. And remember, remember Roz, that was a lockout year. So mm. I literally had two days of meeting people, trying to see the facility, and that was it. I think I signed my deal. I think I signed my contract or something to that nature at that time. And then I the lockout happened a couple of days later. So they told me what they wanted me to work on, you know, lifting program, shooting, finding whatever. So I said I was going back to school. So I ended up going back to school and did a semester of school and worked out with the team. Because I, you you know, as you know, and some people might not know, when the lockout hits, there's no communication between athlete and organization. Mm -hmm. Zero. Zero. So my last conversation was my last conversation until January when we got back. So I was drafted in what, June, July, whatever. And I didn't talk to him until January wow. when they're like, Oh, the lockout's lifted. Welcome to the team again. So I hope you've been working on your game. And that's how, <laughs> right. that's how I have it. Yeah. It's like, all right, bet. Let's get it. Real quick. I got one more, just about the fashion of draft. Um, what was putting your outfit like <laughs> together? And, you know, especially as it's today and today, I can't wait to see what the class of 2022 is putting on uh, because it's become such an, a respectable, important part of the draft. What you going to put on, <laughs> you know? And it was, it was important back then. Like, I mean, you, you were, I mean, three, it, it's a suit and there's a three piece suit. Like that was important. And, and I had options and I, and I was actually torn. Like that was a concern for me of which one was the right suit. And, you know, we had a lot of thread and I do mean a lot of thread back then. That's just how it was. And that, that's, that's just the times. That's just what it was. And uh, I mean, I enjoyed the process going through it. I had a few suits, but I didn't have custom suits. Like you go and, you know, you hope in college we were required to wear suits at, at times with at, at Chapel Hill. So, you, you know, they made sure we could we were able to get a couple of suits and, or whatnot. But having a custom suit fitting to you, you know, the way suits were fitting, were supposed to fit you at that time. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was it was. Um, like it, it, it was on my mind as much as where I'm going to get drafted. Like, <laughs> no, am I picking what? the right one? Because you, you want to pick the right one. Like you want right. people to, to like, oh, I see. I oh, he's fresh, man. That that works. Like he he's he's put together. Like that's you know, like his ensemble was together. And I thought my <laughs> ensemble was together because I I sure put my suit on the night before. Like ah yeah, I'm a killer tonight. You know. So uh, yeah, I had my suit on all day, but I was just making sure I didn't sweat it out just from nerves and just excitement. <laughs> Like, it was crazy. Because remember, our draft, well, you don't remember, but my draft was in Vancouver. Okay, okay. We were out there in Vancouver, you know. So it was it was dope. It was just great weather. But 
you know, I, I just I, I remember that suit, and uh, I probably still actually I probably still have that suit somewhere. Oh, you know, I'm crying that uh, what what number am I gonna get drafted, or uh, am I gonna get or what suit or what do suit I need to wear? Yeah, yeah that's, like, that's uh, important. These kids are going through that. I, you, oh. they, they they can tell if they say otherwise, they're lying because they they want to look they want to look fresh. They want to look. You know, they want to be talked about about their outfit, you know, because it's always talked about fashion is important in our league. Yeah, exactly. So, they, you know, they put they put effort to that. So maybe they don't have the, the anxieties. And I'm not I don't want to go as far as anxieties like that. But it was a concern. Yeah, they're going to get a fit off, man. Vince, this was a lot of fun. Episode one. Yeah. <laughs> Episode one is in the books, man. Episode one is in the books. So I'm going to close by saying thank you to everyone for listening. Episode one in the books. We're going to do this every week on in, in your ear, flavors in your ear. Great talks, man. Thanks for listening. Episode one, baby. Let's go.